From breaking news to local stories happening where you live, this is the Jill Bennett Show podcast. Good morning and welcome back to the Jill Bennett Show. My name is Scott Schantz filling in today. And uh, we just heard from Rob Fleming, the transportation minister, about how they are going to be taking tougher action to deter trucks from hitting overpasses. As you know, that's been a fairly uh, big story over the last couple of years. Nearly 30 incidents where trucks have hit overpasses, causing huge delays throughout the lower mainland. It sort of seemed like, why is this happening? What can we do about it? It seems like it should be an easier fix. And now some of these uh, tougher consequences and this tougher action to deter it from happening hopefully will uh, be a difference maker. Here now to uh, help us unpack some of that and understand a bit more is Dave Earl. He's president and CEO of the BC Trucking Association. Hi, Dave. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Scott. So how does the BC Trucking Association feel about these uh, these new things? So there's still going to be uh, fines, penalty points, but I think the big takeaway here is that there's going to be uh, safety audits when this happens, and if it continues to happen, it could potentially mean companies like losing their ability to, to truck and to ship goods, right? Uh, exactly right, Scott. Uh, we're really pleased with the action that the ministry's taken. Um, you know, fines are one thing, and they've, they've worked to do as much as they can within the current construct. But the really big news is exactly what you've said, uh, which is when these incidents happen, the operating, uh, the ability for the company to operate will cease. It'll stop. And that'll happen for as long as the investigation takes, the, you know, when we first have that first incident. Um, that can be, you know, a short period of time. It might take a day or two uh, to determine what happened and away we go from there. If it happens again and you move into a safety audit, that's a process that can take a number of weeks. And when you think about it, the revenue that each vehicle generates each day is many thousands of dollars. And that all stops. And it stops until the situation is made right. And that's why we look at this as a real key tool uh, to make sure that operators understand and take the appropriate precautions. Okay, so now if there's like a local trucking company, because this is going to affect big companies, small companies, the, the whole gamut. If there's a, a local company that hears this, do, like explain what the reaction might be to that. Are they like, oh, we better get our act together. This could be really serious. Or do you think this is like, oh, we can we can comply with that. That's like, a, that's easy. We sh- this should be fine. What do you think the reaction is going to be from, you know, th- those type of companies throughout the industry? Scott, this is not hard to comply with. I mean, it it really isn't. The actual regulations on size of of loads that can move haven't changed. Um, What we've seen is a a, a complacency or malaise, uh, you know, start to permeate into the industry with a very, very few operators. I mean, there's there's 100,000 heavy commercial vehicles moving about the province on any given day, and they move under overpasses safely every given day. It's a tiny percentage that aren't doing the work that needs to be done. And so the message with the enforcement is, if that's you, you're not going to be able to continue to run for a day, maybe two, maybe weeks, and maybe have your entire certificate pulled and you can no longer operate in British Columbia at all. Okay. Easy to comply with. Lots of tools. Let's get it done. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that you know, some of these companies could end up losing their ability to ship goods, but the, you also mentioned, you know, 100,000 trucks moving a day. Like, Ooh. let's say we do end up taking a company or two companies off the road to really, you know, send that message home. Could that have an effect on how we get our goods, like the things that are being shipped every day? Is this something that we could see affect, you know, how, ma- how many groceries are getting to the grocery store? Or is, the, is it just such a small 
amount of trucks that are doing this that that's not going to be a concern? I don't think it's going to be a concern, Scott, because it's such a small, small part of the industry uh, that has been problematic in this area. It's a tiny, tiny fraction. Uh, and I mean, when we look at that, that ability for, you know, the, the ministry to suspend operations for, is it hours, is it days to, to look at that first incident? We hope it stops there, you know, that we don't get into any further enforcement. But if it does, It's a tiny, tiny fraction, and you and I as consumers aren't going to notice that. Fantastic, yeah. And where we do notice it, of course, is when that tiny, tiny fraction, like you say, does hit an overpass. That's where it has really affected people with the traffic and and all of those type of things. So I think I agree with you. I think this is good news. Uh, And like you mentioned, it was sort of this complacency thing that got us here. Now, I grew up in the Lower Mainland. I've been here for 40 years, and I was saying earlier uh, that I, I... I don't remember this happening like we have seen it over the last couple of years previous to this, you know, and if I look back 20 years ago and maybe I'm just misremembering, but I don't remember trucks hitting overpasses to the, to the degree that they have now. And as, how did we get here to this point that we needed this update to uh, actions and fines and consequences? Like you say, it was complacency, but yeah, what, what sort of led to that? Uh, it's, it's more traffic, more loads, and more pressure. Um, there's a bunch of factors that all came into that. But what got missed in this was that focus on safety. Uh, what got missed was that recognition and working with the customer to say, well, no, we can't use this piece of equipment today to move your load today. We're going to have to move it later in the week or whatever it may be. No, we're going to take the time actually to do the work that we need to do to move safely. Um, all of that, you know, that, that diligence that happens and that the vast, vast majority of professionals practice every day, uh, for some, just slipped away. And that's why these, these moments where you take that action to say, no, look, this is a serious issue and we're going to get on it, uh, are so important to signal those parts of the sector uh, that maybe weren't being as diligent as they needed to be. Okay, David Earl, he's president and CEO of the BC Trucking Association, talking about uh, the action that will be taken for trucks that hit overpasses. And again, fines, speed limiters, that type of thing. But the real issue here is that uh, some of these trucks could be taken off the road, which could, of course, have a huge effect uh, in that company's bottom line. You know, like that's if that's what you do for a living, you might not be able to do it anymore if you don't take this seriously. Uh, thanks so much for your time speaking with us, Dave, and also for the work that you're doing to try to, you know, prevent this from happening down the road and uh, keep us safe on the roads. We appreciate it. Well, thank you, Scott, and thanks for having me today. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Jill Bennett Show. My name is Scott Schantz filling in today, and let's talk real estate, one of those conversations that everybody loves to have at parties and when they're meeting people, and I'm sure it will be happening many places over the holidays. What's going to happen to the housing market? The Bank of Canada has been holding the interest rate uh, most recently. There's talk that it could go down uh, in 2024. Will this happen at the beginning of the year, the middle of the year, the end of the year? And what will that do for housing prices. Uh, Housing is slow, moving slowly here in Canada. But yeah, there's a lot of people waiting in the wings to to swoop in and buy housing. Should it drop? Will it drop? How much much will it drop by? All things that everybody wants to know the answer to. Here now to help us unpack some of that, Randy Riles, Managing Broker, Royal LePage Sterling Realty. Hi, Randy. How's it going? 
All right, good, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So uh, let's start right there. What do you think is going to happen to the real estate market in the new year? Well, I think you hit the nail right on the head in your introduction. But, uh, um, you know, everybody's kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with interest rates, of course. Um, Seems to be, uh, you know, we're seeing some of the lenders starting to discount their longer-term interest rates, and so that's nice to see. Um, you know, so they're, you know, kind of getting like 499 kind of stuff. So I think once people sort of see a little bit of daylight at the end of the tunnel, um, you know, we're thinking that there's a fair bit of pent-up demand that could come back into the marketplace in the spring. Yeah, it, um, it kind of feels like that, that there has, there's people who have been waiting. You know, I like to look sort of anecdotally, like everybody does, just kind of creep on real estate online, you know, see what your place might sell for hypothetically, what you could get in return for it. And it doesn't seem like there's a lot of stuff moving. No, we're, you know, we're well below kind of what uh, the 10-year average would be for the amount of transactions that are occurring right now. Okay. So, you know, I think you're right on there. It's uh, it's not real busy. Um, uh, so I think a lot of people are kind of taking a wait-and-see approach. Plus, it's, you know, we're kind of in December now, and it tends to get a little slower this time of the year. So it's uh, there's a bit of a seasonal thing going on there, too, I'd say. Yeah, okay. And it looks like, uh, based on some new research from Royal LePage, that there should be, uh, by the end of 2024, we're going to see housing prices, like, back up all across the country. Yeah, that's the forecast. Uh, you know, and uh, that wouldn't shock me to see that happen. I think uh, if, if some of these buyers kind of return to the marketplace, even though we've seen a little bit of an increase in inventory, it's not a large increase. And, um, you know, typically we, we see a significant decrease kind of at the end of November and the end of December as properties come off the market at that point. So, you know, in all likelihood, we're going to start the year in Greater Vancouver well below 10,000 listings, I think. And, and that's pretty skinny inventory for, you know, for for this part of the, the world. So it's, um, it's not going to be a ton of stuff to pick from. It's, it's a little better than it was a year ago, but uh, it's still going to be a little bit skinny. So, you know, with that... Uh, kind of low inventory uh, scenario, it's, uh, you know, it, it does put a footing on uh, how, you know, how much of a correction you can see. So it's, um, it's going to be interesting. We certainly don't expect the prices to really correct downwards from here. I think any correction that that uh, was going to occur has probably happened already. Right, yeah, um, because the things have sort of leveled off, but I, we also know that, like we talked about, there's these buyers waiting in the wings, you know, and if they all of a sudden swoop in for, you know, these cheaper interest rates, if that happens, then, yeah, you can see this, you know, sort of bidding war thing kind of happen again, which was every housing buyer's nightmare over the last few years, every housing seller's dream come true. Uh, but what do you think is going to happen with the interest rate? You know, we hear all sorts of things. I heard this morning that in the United States, they're talking about cutting the rate aggressively. Uh, here in Canada, all, we've heard that, you know, we shouldn't expect it to go down too, too much. It will just be modest sort of cuts. What's your expectation there? I think that's probably what I think that's probably what we'll see. I mean, I'm seeing uh, calls for significant decreases, you know, 200 basis points kind of thing. 
Um, but, uh, you know, if you listen to what the Bank of Canada is saying, they're certainly not quite that aggressive. And so I think um, it's probably going to take, uh, you know, I think we'll be well into the first half of the year before we really see the Bank of Canada make any moves as far as the overnight lending rate goes. Right. Do you think you know, there's even a chance that it could go up again? Well, you know, I've seen analysis that already suggests that, um, uh, you know, if you strip uh, mortgage rates uh, out of the equation, uh, you know, that uh, inflation is already probably below 2%. So I don't really think that they're going to go back up. Um, I think I think we're, you know, I think we've seen the worst of it. And, and I think uh, as the year wears on that we'll start to see some some cuts to the uh, Bank of Canada rate. Okay, but yeah. No, the, the mortgage, uh, the long-term mortgage rates, you know, I think uh, we could see those adjust downwards as time goes by here. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we also, um, one of the things that we've heard over and over is that there's still a whole bunch of mortgages that are due to renew between now and, you know, early 2025. I've mentioned several times on the air that I am one of those people. I have a mortgage and it's set to come due in 2025 and it's definitely going to be more expensive than it is right now. And, you know, we've I read stories that the bank is doing all sorts of things that they're like lengthening mortgages so that people can mm-hmm. just afford afford their payments. What is that going to do when all these mortgages come up for renewal? What's that going to do to the market? Yeah, it's uh, that's a very interesting uh, situation, and and so you know it it will in some cases uh, probably force that homeowner to sell, and uh, so you know we expect to see some of that product come into the marketplace but i don't think it's in huge enough numbers to really you know to really change the direction of the of the market and so um i think it's uh, definitely uh, going to affect some folks but I'm, I'm i'm not thinking that it's going to be in huge numbers right so stay the course i think so yeah i think uh, as you can see you know our predictions are that uh Prices will rebound and that uh, that strength will return to the market. And so, yeah, I think if you can hang on to your property, you're certainly uh, well advised to do that. All right. Randy Riles, he's a managing broker at Royal LePage Sterling Realty. Thanks for your time and sharing some info and insight with us. We appreciate that. Yeah, my pleasure, Scott. And welcome back to the Jill Bennett Show. I'm Scott Schantz filling in. I'll be here today and tomorrow. Thanks so much for hanging with us. Uh, very busy time in the online shopping package delivery world. I know every day I go home, there's a package. Don't know what it is, but it's something. I got a bunch of packages coming. Uh, my wife does. The tenants do. Because holidays and you're doing a lot of your online shopping. But, I mean, we all got into this over COVID. I mean, we all have been doing it. But it really blew up over COVID and now it's holidays and stuff. Don't blame you. Online shopping is great. Super duper convenient. But with that, also, the theft and the crime around online packages. You know, we've all seen the videos of the porch pirates, as they call them, the people who have lock boxes, and you ask the driver to put it in there, and even delivery drivers taking packages that they're supposed to be delivering. I think in many cases, uh, these companies have insurance, and it's like, hey, my package didn't get delivered. Okay, no problem. We'll refund your money, and we'll try to figure out what happened. And then the delivery driver just goes, I don't know what happened to it. And then they take it, and maybe it's a PlayStation, sell it on Facebook or whatever. I mean, I that's, that's what I think is going on. 
And how do we safeguard ourselves from this? And and what what actually is going on? Here now to weigh in is Corporal Mike Kalange. He's a media relations officer with the Burnaby RCMP, where three separate delivery drivers are facing potential theft charges. Uh, thanks for being here, Corporal Kalange. How are you? I'm doing great, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Explain this to me, how these uh, delivery drivers are were, were caught, what they were doing. Like, did I have that right? They just It's like they let the insurance take care of it and just take the packages? You have it partly right, yeah. The three separate incidences are three separate drivers. Um, and, you know, they in some instances, they're, they're not uh, delivering packages, saying they did, and uh, then getting caught. And others, they're just in the warehouse and picking up packages that aren't theirs. Right. And is it because, I mean, like this, this is such a huge industry that, you know, stuff is bound to go missing. It's like breakage, right? And so the companies just kind of assume like, okay, that happens. Uh, we'll just figure, we'll just, you know, write it off and we'll send out a new package. And, you know, like it's got to be happening more than we even know, right? Well, I'll say it's very rare. Uh, you know, in 17 years in Burnaby myself, uh, and Amazon is actually their warehouses here in Burnaby. I've never uh, even heard of one of these uh, reports, but uh, Amazon has lots of lots of security in place. Uh, it's actually quite shocking that anyone would even attempt this with hmm. all the safeguards and security that they have going on, and they do a really a really good job of uh, of, of watching. Okay, now. We all we all do this. Everybody online shops uh, through Amazon or through you know lots of websites even have their own sort of fulfillment. And whether they use Amazon to fulfill or different shipping companies, we all are putting our our credit cards and you know our Apple Pay and all of those things. All of that is is on the internet. How can we safeguard ourselves when we're doing some of this online shopping and make sure that what we ordered is actually what shows up at our door? Well, I'll say track your items. Uh, most of these companies have online tracking. You can get emails every step of the way. So first and foremost, know where your package is, when it's going to be delivered. If you know when it's going to get to your house and you're not going to be there, or you just don't feel safe, maybe you're in an area you don't want packages on your porch, uh, make arrangements. Uh, you can buy uh, lock boxes, talk to a neighbor, a friend, a family member, have someone pick up your package. Uh, you know, there's lots of different different avenues you can go, but uh, I, I would say track your package. Uh, so in, in this situation, uh, when drivers were were stealing packages, uh, when you notice your package is late or it says it was delivered, call sooner rather than later. Whether it's calling the shipping company or the company you bought off of, uh, let them know so that they can do just as Amazon did here. Once they once someone called them, they went back and and. Uh, traced it and it wasn't hard. It wasn't exactly the most sophisticated thefts going on here uh, for them to locate uh, uh, the information and then give our uh, prolific offender suppression team, ironically called POST, uh, the information that uh, they can run with and, and, and catch these guys. Yeah. And let's talk about um, the porch pirate thing, because I think that's really interesting as well. These people just kind of drive around, see a package on a, a doorstep or on a porch and just take it. And it's almost like, uh, you know, it's terrible. I hate the idea that people are doing this. Um, we've all seen the videos online of them doing it. But in every, like, you don't even know what's in that package. Like, sure, you might be hoping that it's a new iPhone or an iPad or something juicy. But for all you know, it's a it's a stick of deodorant or like a thing of paper towels. You know, people order all sorts of stuff. But uh, thieves obviously feel like this is beneficial enough to just grab these boxes and hope for the best, even though there's like significant consequences if they get caught. 
Absolutely, Scott. I, I'd say it's like a, an episode of The Price is Right, where you don't know what's behind the door. In this case, in the box, uh, we had in, in, our, in our thefts here, we had uh, you know $600 men's watches stolen, but also uh, some popcorn and uh, junk food. Right. So ultimately, whatever you're getting delivered, whether it is the junk food or the watch, it's important to you. And and so, uh, you know, there are some, some tips you can just follow to make sure that you don't become the victim or at, at the very least uh, have a, a chance of getting your, your items back if they are stolen. Yeah. And lots of people are doing these um, doorbell cameras, like the ring cameras and that type of thing. Is that making a difference? You think that helps? It definitely does. So on one, on one hand, you, you capture an image of a person stealing your, your product. On the other hand, if you can make it very obvious that you are on, you have security, you're on camera, uh, you're more likely that a thief is just going to walk away. Because if, if you have a, a big camera and they see it, uh, they have a better chance of uh, getting caught. So as unsophisticated as they are, I think they're going to realize, you know, go to the next house. There's a lot of packages uh, and they're, and they're going to victimize someone else. Yeah. And do you see the, the porch pirate thing happen? Like we talked about the delivery driver thing, but has the porch pirate thing happened a lot in Burnaby or in the lower mainland? It, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's a lot. Uh, I don't have stats, but I'll, I'll say this time of year it definitely does happen more. Like you were saying earlier, there's, you know, every day you get home, there's another package or, uh, some some people get packages delivered to friends and family. So um, I just say, you know, to the public, just be aware. Uh, check your mail daily. Check it a couple times a day if you can, especially if you're in a condominium or an apartment building where packages are just laying out. Uh, check as often as you can because it's getting uh, – technology is great and all these deliveries are, are awesome, but it is getting a little easier for thieves. All right. Corporal Mike Kalan, she's the media relations officer for the Burnaby RCMP. Uh, first of all, thank you for what you're doing to, you know, uh, try to make sure that this doesn't happen and keep us safe from stuff going missing like this. And also, thanks for your information uh, today. Have a fantastic rest of your afternoon. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Jill Bennett Show podcast. Can't wait for the latest episode to drop? Tune in to the Jill Bennett Show live from noon till 3 on 980 CKNW. Have a question or comment? Send me an email, jill at cknw.com. Thanks again for listening.